Energize, the Lawn Friend Podcast is brought to you by Hustler Hollywood, your one-stop shop for all things erotica, with 11 stores across the United States. Our sexy shelves are stocked with DVDs, books, lingerie, vibrators, butt plugs, lubricants, fetish gear, and bachelorette party supplies. At Hustler Hollywood, we know that sex is free. We only sell the accessories. If you're at our flagship store in the Sunset Strip, located across the street from the world-famous Rainbow Roxy and Whiskey, mention Energize and you'll get a delicious discount on something delightfully dangerous. LF and LF, Lawn Friend and Larry Flint, energetically connected for more than 30 years. Scotty, Energize. Energize.
okay, this is what, what we call a false start. <laughs> now I'm hearing echo in my ears. This is terrible, Mike. This is the Energized Law Friend Podcast. Echo, 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 echo. Technical difficulties. I'm not in Jeff Young's living room. So we're going to fix it somehow. Okay. Are we on the phone? Okay. Is this clear? Hello, world? Can you hear me, world? All right. So this is what we're doing now because, you know, Mike Stark's my producer, and he's in San Pedro, and I'm out here in the Nevada desert. I'm trying to express myself. I'm trying to bring you content. And I just haven't gotten a studio yet in Las Vegas. In the Sin City. Las Vegas. I haven't gotten a studio yet. I got people working on it. So I'm either at Jeff and Sherry's doing it on their sofa, or I'm here on my $50 Radio Shack mic. That's not working tonight. Skype's not working from my pad. So, uh, whatever. Here, look. Whatever it takes, get it to you. Now, first, we have to condolences. The reason why I'm not at Jeff's place and Sherry's place with their high-end microphones is because Sherry's dad passed away. Ralph Klein, if you uh, listen to my the show my dad did with me about a month ago, it was so cool. Sherry's dad came out, you know, he, he was living there with them, and he came out and he watched my dad tell stories about playing the Sands Lounge in the 50s. And he told Shecky Green's story and a Mike Riley story. And Ralph just lit up because he knew all these these people. He's been in Vegas forever. He worked at the Tropicana, I believe, as a bellman for over 30 years. But and he made it past the big nine zero. So he had a long, he had a long life. But it was kind of sudden. Like he, like they were doing stuff together. I think they took him to Disneyland. So you know, Sherry is Jeff's girl, and she's a little crushed and. I couldn't be wandering into the living room tonight. Next week we're going to do something special, and then and I, I was going to have Brent from Faster Pussycat and Sin City Sinners, who I love and go so far back with to the earliest Rip days, and uh, he understood, and so he's going to be on next week, and we're going to be back in a better technological setting next week. So I appreciate your patience with me tonight. I'm. I'm on the phone, and that's kind of cool. All right. Now it's getting delay again. Whatever. Stay with me, kids. It's all about the inner journey, right? Right. I was going to read your roomy passage. Should have found something about patience. Okay, so this is it. Like, I go out and I look at the stars. I do it every night. And lately, I've been looking at the stars wondering... Where the hell the Malaysian Airlines is? What happened? And I'm watching Twilight Zone episodes about lost planes. <clears throat> One called The Arrival with Sheckley, the FAA and guy who, who had an Achilles heel, couldn't find the, uh, the reason why the plane disappeared. The jet took off and never landed. This happens. But this is really weird. 
My daughter thinks aliens are at work. Possible. How can you outlaw anything or outrule anything? The other episode was called, and uh, uh, I fired an arrow into the air. Uh, and that was about these, like the, one of the first manned space flights. And they just disappear from the radar, just like what happened. They just disappeared, and they're nowhere to be found. And then the big twist at the end of that Twilight Zone is they crash-landed in Death Valley. They bit on Earth all the time. It's magnificent what Rod Serling saw. I bet Rod Serling would be fascinated by what's going on with Malaysia Airlines. 239 people out in the ether right now or somewhere. There has to be an explanation. I hope this sounds okay. It sounds kind of weird in my in my earplugs. Look at the stars in the night sky. The astrologers tell us that the movements of these stars sustain and guide the world. But they do not affect the realm of inner meaning, the realm of the spirit. Think of a tree. The branches bear the fruit. But it's the inner energy of the tree that makes the fruit grow and give it life. Intermeeting gives purpose to existence. It's because the gardener wants the fruit that he plants the tree and tends to it. Think that deserves? I have a dong in my apartment. That was roomy. That's from the first book I ever bought as my brain started to change in the spring of 1998 it was it's called roomy in a nutshell it's a tiny little book i got in santa fe new mexico it was published in the uk <sighs> life and death i don't know so what do you, what what keeps you going do you turn on the news and feel the blues are you down with the insanity of the planet i'm not it's it's poisonous did do some good rock and roll stuff this week. Saw Mario uh, Speedwagon play in the downtown in the film on uh, Fremont Street. That was awesome. Like fifteen thousand people showed up. Sounds weird in my ears. I don't even know if this show is going to be. We're even going to air this show. Well, you're hearing it live, so I'm fucked either way. <laughs> hey, Lon. Yes. I'm going to interrupt you because you're yes. back, you're back on Skype. So take the headphones off. I'm back on Skype. Yeah. Okay. All right. That way you won't get that sound in your ear. Okay. So you can hear me. I can hear you fine. All right. Okay. Should I hang up the phone? Yeah. Okay. This is not Casey Kasem or Howard Stern or Les Garland, or any of the legends of radio. This is Lon Friend. It's called Energize, the Lon Friend Podcast. I guess you can see why now I don't have a terrestrial radio show, because I'm not professional. But I care about rock and roll, and I care about people. I care about the unifying force, the unifying field, the synchronicity of the universe. All things are connected. I care about the number 11. I care about the hearts of Broken souls wandering both the desert and the streets. Talk about winging it, man. So I, I got invited on this Prague Rock cruise. And I had this question. I mean, I, I haven't really gotten an answer yet, but Tony Levin is one of the 
artist playing. It's Peter Gabriel's basis for the last 35 years. And right smack in the middle of the cruise is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which is recorded in New York City, well, in Brooklyn this year. Uh, right in the middle, like on April the 10th, like a month from today. And that's smack in the middle of the cruise. So how does Peter Gabriel receive his, his, his honor and perform if his bass player, the stick, his right hand for three and a half decades isn't there? Because he's on a boat in the middle of the Caribbean. It's possible that they're going to helicopter Tony off of the boat to go do the Hall of Fame. I don't know. These, this is what rock stars do. Do you think it's hard for rock stars to get anything done? Here's, this is where I witnessed the power of the rock star. I'm in Venice, Italy in June of 2001 with Bon Jovi. And we're at the we're at the uh, hotel right off of uh, the square where the pigeons are, St. Mark's Square. And it's we've had wine and the bands band members are going up to their respective rooms. And I'm walking with John and I haven't gotten I was doing a demo for my TV show that never happened. Rock a mile with Lawn Friend. And I said to John, is this going to be like Almost Famous where I don't get my interview with the rock star until the end? And he said, you want to do it right now, wise guy? And I said, what do you mean right now? He goes, I'll get a, I'll get a boat taxi to take us to the Cipriani Hotel. It's one o'clock in the morning. I said, okay, you got your camera? I go, yep. So he just tells his guy, because he's a superstar, Get us a taxi. We're going to the Cipriani, me and Lon. And uh, literally, I'm on the water at 30 miles an hour, cruising. With and it's I'm I'm so buzzed off the wine that the water is splashing up onto the lens of the camera. And I'm not and I don't even clean the lens when we get there. I mean, because the footage, which you can see a, a little piece of it on this, you can never find the demo. You can't unless you email me or. Facebook me, <clears throat> then I could send you a link. Nobody's really seen it. It's like wet. <laughs> the lens has like water spots on it. But I'll tell you something, in my long career, which is going on three decades now, pretty much, rock and roll, I've been writing since mid-80s, um, that is the mo one of the most honest interviews I ever did. And if you know John Bon Jovi, how guarded he is and how protected he is and how he really doesn't share deep truths, he, he, got, he got naked. He got honest. Uh, so, so rock stars can do anything. You know, they could just make it happen. So maybe Tony Levin's going to be on a helicopter off the boat. I bet he could, he could be in two places at once. He's a shapeshifter. Anyway, okay, well, thanks for your patience with segment number one. <laughs> this is Energize the Lawn Friend Podcast. We're going to listen to a really special version of the Beatles' Let It Be, which I found on one of Tony Kuzminski's collection, one of his collection CDs that he sent me. 
And Kate Bush is on here too. So it's Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush, Let It Be. And this is Energize, the Live Friend Podcast. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be.
Okay, golf clap for that. This is Lon Friend, Energize, the Lon Friend podcast. That was, uh, I, I didn't hear Peter Gabriel. <laughs> Maybe he or helped organize it. I heard Kate come in like around the third verse, her inimitable pipes. But there are a whole bunch of singers on there. It's called Fairy Aid. Must be rare. It's one of those, like a, of the 200 or so bootlegs that Tony Kuzminski has burned me over the years. That's that's one that I should have listened to more carefully. <laughs> but how could you go wrong with the Beatles on any level? And also, that's kind of the, my, my mantra is this evening is to let it be. Because I'm back on the $50 Radio Shack mic. Mike Stark is in San Pedro trying to make sense, technological sense out of this, so I can communicate to you like I have something profound to say. What else did I want to say? Oh, okay. Um, it's Jeff Ament's birthday today. It's also Rick Rubin's birthday today. And they're both 51, which means that the bass player of Mother Love Bone and Pearl Jam and the iconic record producer, bearded record producer, were born, were incarnated on the same afternoon 51 years ago. So I figure that this is a good uh, opportunity for me to tell my first meeting stories for each of these gentlemen. Okay, Jeff Ament. Now I'll do Rick Rubin first because I, I met him earlier. I was still at Hustler. I was the f adult film critic, entertainment editor for Hustler Magazine. This was probably 1984 or 85, and I was at the Rainbow. And I had interviewed a adult film star named Melissa Melendez. And what was significant about that interview was that she told me that during a scene she fell asleep while John Holmes was inside her. And I thought that was interesting. But evidently, um, Rick had a penchant for adult film actresses at this time. He's very young. He's in his 20s. And he's already successful. You know, he he came out of New York with enormous wealth and potential and he hit it with uh, Run DMC and the Beastie Boys. And, and so she introduced me to him and we kind of bonded over porn and rock. And he came up to the magazine a couple times. I remember taking him to meet the people at Stephen Hirsch at Vivid Video. And he left with a, his Rolls Royce, had a trunk full of videotapes. And, and it was Rick that took me to Fatburger for the first time. He played me the Dice, first Dice record before anybody heard it. He played me the second Dice record. He had dinner served, brought in. Um... He called me with dice from a phone booth somewhere in L.A. the day after the riots hit in April of 1992. And he convinced me to put dice on the air live on Pirate Radio Saturday night. And, and dice did not swear because you couldn't do that on regular radio, terrestrial radio. You can do it here. You can do whatever the fuck you want here. Obviously, you could have a podcast where 
you keep breaking up and you're losing your Skype and the music's going in and out, but we just, we move forward, man. We move forward. We have to find, we have to find the missing aircraft and we have to find our calling. Okay. So Jeff Ahmed's birthday today too. That's well documented in life on planet rock. That was the, road trip, the overnighter I made with Kevin Kennedy and Nick Terzo from Columbia Records to see the as-yet-unreleased Alice in Chains perform in Seattle. And uh, uh, and I met Jeff and Stone and their managers, Kelly Curtis and uh, Susan Silver, who was married to Chris Cornell. And I met Zana Lafuente, who was Andy Wood from Mother Love Bones, girlfriend, and he he had died on uh, he died. Andy Wood, listen to this. Andy Wood died five days before my daughter was born. So I could only make an overnighter, obviously, because you know my wife's belly was enormous. But they flew me up, and I was back the next morning. Now it's coming back to me now. But that that road trip, that sojourn to the Great Northwest, gave me one of the most memorable stories of my life. And and Jeff and I bonded. He was he and Stone were incredibly authentic. Had such a amazing evening just talking to those guys. And and then when Pearl Jam came out later, they were the that I you know I interviewed them uh, and. Went on a couple of trips, the one to Las Vegas with my daughter, the overnighter, when she was two. Yes, that's that's at the same chapter, Band of Golden Words. You have stories to tell when you've done the shit that I've done, and sometimes you repeat them or you have an occasion with which to evoke these tales, and you add a little perspective to it. <clears throat> Last year, when well, was it 2012? When the hurricane hit, um, yeah, man, it's it's a year and a half ago already. Wow. Hurricane Sandy, I was in New York City, and Megan and I went to see, like a week after the hurricane, we went to see Random, R-N-D-M, which is Jeff Ahmet and Joseph Arthur's project. Wonderful project. I love both those artists. And we went to the show, and I hadn't seen Jeff in so many years, and we, we had just a really nice reunion and he met Megan and he hadn't seen Megan since she was like little, like a baby. And I think what was most, why I'm bringing this up now is is this conversation I had, which brings us to the here and now where I've been agonizing over what book I'm supposed to write next. I'm like waiting for this divine intervention or some muse at me from the stars. And because I have, I have outlines on like six different book ideas and I can't just sit down and start composing them. Like there's no stream of conscious happening with me right now. It's like structure yourself, dude, structure yourself. So I remember walking down the stairs from the dressing room after meeting Joseph's parents and Jeff is saying, what are you, what are you working on? And I said, well, I'm thinking of writing a book. He goes, what's the concept? Well, kind of rock and roll slaughterhouse five, which brings like a lot of elements of humanity and end times and, lets me have a platform for what happened to the human race and 
and how rock and roll could save the world. And he goes, I like it. Why don't you just write it? And that's the easy part. If you're a musician, I guess you could just sit down with a guitar and play a song. Maybe it should be, it used to be easier for me. I don't know why it's so fucking difficult now. I make it difficult on myself. I should just write. That's what you're supposed to do. So that, I still love Jeff. He was really terrific in the Cameron Crowe documentary. Montana boy. So happy birthday, Rick Rubin and Jeff Ahmet. Uh, how am I doing? Okay. So I guess I'll play this Pearl Jam. Did we play? Well, we already played that because I fucked up at the beginning, so we had to do a song. I don't know where I'm at now. Where are my notes? I don't have any notes. I do this without notes. Oh, yeah, New York. So it's making me think about New York and this artist that met, that I met on Facebook. And, and I communicated with her, like, right in the beginning of my Facebook run, which is about five or six years ago, six years. And her name is Swati, S-W-A-T-I. And she sent me a record that was so mind-blowing, and she, it was ill-fated with her independent label. I don't remember the name of the label, but she started to correspond with me. And then she fell on hard times and moved to upstate New York, somewhere around Rochester, Syracuse. But I'll tell you something. She's an ex- she was one of the most extraordinary, un- like unknown artists that I encountered through just the, through the social network, through somebody finding me. And I, her, her song, one of her songs from that record came up on shuffle yesterday when I was just shuffling, letting, letting the universe play the tunes, the, the Apple universe. And I'm going to play that song for you right now because it's synchronous because I'm in the town of gamblers and the song's called Blackjack. And wherever you are, Swati, I doubt if you'll hear this unless you are still following me on Facebook. This is for you. And this is the Lawn Friend Energized Podcast.
Jack.
You put on me and so much more I will carry it For you I will carry it For you I will carry it For you Energize the Lawn Friend Podcast. Show number 49. After this. That was pure magic, man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) After this, I hope I make it to number 50. I'm on the phone again. Uh, It's kind of like surreal. It's it's like I'm interviewing myself. Because when I have guests... I talk to them on the phone and ask them questions, and then they sound like this because they're on the phone. Well, I'm usually in the studio or on a on a better connection, and and I'm talking to people. Now I'm talking to myself. I'm here by myself, talking to myself. Existential trip. Joseph Arthur and the Lonely Astronauts. One of one of the truest, most genuine, multi-talented beautiful people, singer-songwriter, amazing painter. All the artwork on his tripped-out album covers are all his, his paintings. And I got into him in, with his Redemption Sun, Sun record, 2002. He was originally signed to Peter Gabriel's Real World label. There we go. It's all connected. And um, that album came out at a really hard time in my life. 0203. If you read Sweet Demotion, you'll know what's going on then. 
And that record helped me through. I, I, I got to tell him that. Uh, let's tell him that in New York, which is kind of cool. It's good when you can tell artists that their music affected them. That The song's called I Will Carry You because aren't we supposed to carry each other? I know Bono wrote that lyric a long time ago, but isn't that what we're supposed to do? Carry each other? Not brutalize, attack, insult, disparage, belittle. We're not supposed to do any of that shit. We're supposed to carry each other. Do you, do, you, do you need a flashlight to see through the darkness? Yeah. Where do you get that flashlight? Within and without, George Harrison. <laughs> where's, where's the Malaysian airline? Ask the lonely astronauts. Okay. Man, if I get through this show tonight, I'm really going to believe that I'm blessed. I believe it anyway. I know I'm blessed. I mean, this is new technology. And Mike says to me, he goes, you know, man, we could do this and this. And, and he says, I like the fact that you never get upset about anything. And I said, why? I feel such gratitude just to somehow be cut and pasting this together. Somehow, words are getting out there. We got to be real, right? Real. Right like Henry Miller. Sing like Bob Marley. Ache. And express. Have a point. Lift people. Don't crush them. Lift them. Remember what the Buddha said. Everybody you meet, show compassion because they are engaged in a great struggle. Everybody, man. The teller at the bank, the, gro the grocery clerk who's bringing up your GMOs, your corn that can't be killed, the corn that lasts for 100 years. Struggle. Passing the dude on the street, talking to himself. Struggle. The artist sitting in their room, holding on to their acoustic. Trying, trying to come up with the riff that makes the heartbeat a little bit faster. Yeah. Right? Brian Wilson in his room. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. I had some deep talks with Steven Tyler when I was in Sunapee, New Hampshire in 2009, August, September 2009. I mean, that's the best stuff. I didn't get much of that into my book, and I don't know how much of it he got into his book. But we we went real deep. Fucking great stuff. You know, like, he, he I think he believes that he's an alien. I mean, he, he so much commented about how things that, he, the way he saw things, in his canopied room where he cut holes in his sheet and had black lights and was listening to the yard birds and beetles and the blues. There, there was, uh, there was otherworldly stuff. How do you become so, 
so big. What is there soul mortgaging? So I've postulated that before. You gotta give up a piece, right? Because these fame and fortune are they they fuck you up, man. They they ruin you. They'll turn the kindest, sweetest heart in the in the cobalt. But then if you come out on the other side of that and become a philanthropist, altruist, give back, then it's okay. Then it's okay. Oh. So permanent vacation was the first. This song came on. This song came on. Uh, the sh same shuffle. And I want to I want to get it right because the meaning I text. Oh, here I'll just look at. No, I can't because I'm on the phone. I want to look at the text. I probably could because the, the you know the iPhone does everything. I just don't know how to do it. But the te I want to I want to read you something because this song came out and it was just a great rocket song that was not one of the many videos off of Permanent Vacation. And there's no John Colladner cameo in this one. And that's when I first interviewed Stephen for the first time was at the end of that run of Permanent Vacation, and he was on the November 1987 cover of Rip holding onto a parrot, a photograph taken by Neil Preston. So Simaria comes on. Simaria. And I, I, I looked up the meaning because I never knew what it was. And it says, a word used to describe a person that has a beautiful personality, mostly used towards women. However, a small amount of men can fit this description. And I believed that when I read that, I was getting like a message. And it's, I think it's Kabbalah too. It's it's got some it has Hebrew roots, so so Stephen is a very mystical cat. So he writes that song, Simaria, and I don't really like even examine or or delve into the meaning of the song till twenty seven years later when it's on shuffle and I'm sitting in an existential moment trying to you know write. This is the whole trying part is where you fuck up as an artist. You're not supposed to try. You're supposed to get empty. And as you empty yourself, you become the vessel. And then it just, just flows through you, man. Just flows through you. Come out. It comes out. And then it's good. Or it's not good. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It just has to come out. It's got to come out. Anyway, that's my lead-in. And I think it's a good time to play Simariah by Aerosmith so you can hear what I'm saying. And it's a rocking tune. And thank you for your patience with me tonight because this is a really fucking crazy one. This is Energize a lot of friend pockets.
guys, the Lawn Friend Podcast. Uh, this is really beautiful. I get a text. Um, I hope I'm not sounding bad. I get a text from, from Sherry and Jeff says they're listening. And that kind of like took my breath away because right seven months ago today, I lost my mom. Today, Sherry lost her dad in the last few hours. And that period of where the wound is raw, that's the hard part. That's where you need your friends and people love you to just keep checking in on you, checking in on you, checking in on you. I did what I thought I needed to do was I was way out in Oak Park staying in my mom's apartment. I was there for several weeks. So she, she got sick and after she passed. And I made the drive 75 miles each way to get to San Pedro to do this show. And this show was catharsis. Two days after she passed, I was in that studio. And I mean, it's all in the archive. You can find it. It was in August of last year. And I think perhaps... <clears throat> maybe listening to me right now, in some way I could help Sherry with her pain and Jeff with his pain, because they're, they're feeling it together. I'm putting out like a really grand meditation for two good people. And uh, hey, I know the father-daughter relationship, man, is it's the most important in my life. And uh, that's, that's eternal. So he's flying. Ralph is flying. And he'll cross. He'll cross just like my mom did. And you'll hear the owls coo. Or some, you'll get some other totem or signal. And they'll reach. He'll contact you. And he'll tell you, Sherry, I'm okay. It's great up here. No pain. No egos, no hubris, no war, no liars, no American Idol. It's great up here. No Kardashians. It's just awesome. No smoking. <laughs> oh, man. So, wow. Trippy. Thank you for texting me. I had to take a breath. I was a little something. I was a little heavy. All right, so lighten up it. Lighten it up a little bit. Um, what else? What else? Sin City Sanders next week. Grant. Well, last week when Zach came in and he and Jeff Jan, that was very special. And Zach Throne went over to Hawaii for a couple of days, do his thing in Hawaii. Um, Jeff, if you're listening to me, send that song to Mike on an MP3 because I just told him to find it. And he couldn't find it, so you send it to him, and I'll play it. <laughs> hey, Lon. What? I found it. 
<laughs> he found it. <laughs> okay, I found it. Those are three words that that's like let's let's do it. That made a billion dollars for somebody. I found it. <laughs> Eureka. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. with song and let me sing forevermore you are all i long for all i worship and adore in other words please be true in other words i love you Energize Lawn Friend Podcast. That goes out to Sherry and Jeff and mostly to Ralph, who loved Frank, who loved that song. That's what he had in common with my dad, obviously. That's why they bonded. Frank. Do you know that my father has one serious station on his uh, car radio? It's the only one he listens to. Seriously Sinatra. <laughs> They play Nancy, and they play Tony Bennett, and they, but it's mostly Frank. And my dad never changes the channel. Because it's all good, right? <laughs> when I saw REO Speedwagon play on Fremont Street a couple nights ago, Kevin Cronin does this speech before... Like, I don't know, one of, one of his big ballads. Oh, he did it before one of his really big ballads. And he tells about how um, he was watching that television on February 9th, 1964. And that, because of that TV, because of that 
broadcast that went around the world of the Beatles. He's, he was a little older than me, you know, three, five, four, five years older than me, but and I was really young. He was like 12 or 13. He said, that's what I'm going to do. That I, he knew his destiny, his calling. And then he started writing songs. And then a few years later, he, you know, Evanston, Illinois, home of Eddie Vedder, more synchronicity. That's where Charlton Heston, Bill Murray, Chicago, man. That's where Kevin came from. And he started writing songs. And eventually they made records. But, you know, if you read Life on Planet Rock, that's where I started on February 9th, 1964. And you know what else I discovered? This is another theme that was coming to me, like all these book themes that are just swirling in my head. They're all they're they're all uh, colliding. It's 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 like one of those traffic circles. It's like the traffic circle in Long Beach. That's what my brain is like. The traffic circle in Long Beach. Or all the cars merge and go around, and you're supposed to yield and make a move and not be too aggressive, but yet you got to keep your place and you got to make the right turn. So my brain's a traffic circle, and that's where it started, February 9th, 64. So Kevin's telling the same kind of a story that the, the zeitgeist of who he is started on that day, and then... And then he and then he sang one of his big ballads because he because because he said he wanted to write a song like yesterday. And there's a lot of cool chicks at REO Speedwagon shows. This was a free show, and th they just opened up Fremont Street. And the the estimates, my friend Tom Consola, who's managed Kevin and the band since for thirty years, he said that there were twelve to fifteen thousand people on the street and that's a nice arena crowd and then and they delivered and and my friend leah burlington was right up front with her camera taking killer shots because she is rock and roll and she shoots every gig and she, she's so good at her craft why is she good at her craft because she loves what she does and she loves the bands and if you love the bands just like we loved the bands when Rip Magazine was being published. If you love the bands and you love the music, if your people are out there on the street and your photographers care and your editors care and your writers care, then you get a good, then you get a good product. The artists have to do what they do. You have to represent them. Somebody asked me last week, why aren't you a life coach? Why don't you charge for your... Oh, yeah, that was Leah. Yeah, that was Leah, another one of my Leahs, Leah Savoli. She says, I've got this thing going online, and I, I, I counsel acting and Internet, and, I, I, and, and people pay me. And I go, I've been giving that stuff away for 20 years. She goes, you're Lon Friend. You don't have to give it away. I said, well, maybe I'm Lon Friend because I give it away. <laughs> maybe I'm just a boy giving it all away, as Roger Daltrey once sang. Hey, do you know who originally did that song? wasn't Roger Daltrey. It was Leo Sayer. How's that for instant recall? Oh, boy. 
So good vibrations. Oh, last night my, my went over to my sister, my brother was at work, so I went and watched Cosmos with my sister-in-law, going back between Good Wife and Cosmos, like back and forth, because it was just Cosmos was the new Seth MacFarlane uh, show inspired by Carl Sagan. I used to watch Carl Sagan's Cosmos. Carl Sagan wrote Contact. Okay, say no more. Um, he 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 knows where the plane is. He knows where the Malaysian airline is. We just have to contact him. <laughs> right? It was really impressive, Cosmos. It was it was like a mixture of David Attenborough's and 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 Alistair Cook and 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 science and nature and but <clears throat> state of the art visuals and they had some really wonderful segments. I, and I'm gonna wa I'm gonna watch it every week. In fact, I'm gonna have my brother DVR it so I can watch The Good Wife and then watch Cosmos because Fox has way too many fucking commercials. Way too many commercials. You can't watch that show and be interrupted every six minutes. So you DVR it. That's the way to do it. Um, <clears throat> there's really good TV getting made. I don't have a TV. Watch it at my brother's. I don't need one. It's distracting. I have so many distractions. This The, the social network is a distraction. I want to unplug it. But then you get these messages from people that are so loving that I grew up on you. Thank you for responding. I read your magazine and you're one of my heroes. That's all humbling. I'll never, 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 never take for granted that I might have done something over the course of this rocky road that I've been on for so long. Then, then, then maybe one person out there has a appreciation <clears throat> for the cosmic cosmos and the rock and roll cosmos because that's where I'm at in my life right now trying to unify those fields okay and it's it's, it's what I write about these days it's I mean I'll figure out the book the books they'll come or they won't my online stuff is always a mess. I have five Facebook pages. I, I don't even know how to do a hashtag. I don't want to know. Twitter. I just don't get Twitter. I don't want to get Twitter. You you get Twitter. Carry the torch for me. I, I'll I'll make I'll do a hundred characters a day, say something hopefully important, and then you could pass it around like a like a join amongst friends. Right. So, man, I'm exhausted. I think that's about it. This show was definitely one of a kind. Uh, we were on the phone. We were on Skype. We were off the phone. We were off Skype. We somehow put it together because Mike Stark's a genius. LA Radio Studio is a wonderful operation. I'm proud to be part of it. Three more weeks and we'll be on a year. Wow. And I guess the theme might as well go out with some REO because the theme of this 
And all of it is to roll with the fucking changes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being with me tonight. This is Energize the Lawn Friend Podcast. I'll see you next week.